Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Welcome into an emergency edition of the Winning Plays Podcast. I'm Brian Robb, joined by Michael Pina. Uh, Rich Levine will be checking in with a statement shortly. But, Mike, we have breaking news here to uh, to talk about. The first rookie extension by the Boston Celtics in 10 years as Jalen Brown agrees to a four-year deal that can be worth up to $115 million uh, ahead of the rookie extension deadline on Monday night. Uh, we're recording this on Monday night as details uh continue to trickle in about the deal and but Mike I just your initial impressions here uh about the the two sides kind of bridging a gap here as uh, a flood of deals kind of came in uh, across the league this afternoon yeah I my initial reaction was shock like I I just wasn't anticipating this to happen I I basically assumed that no deals were going to get made throughout the league in terms of the the, the rookie contract extensions with you know Buddy Heald, Dilma Sabonis. Uh, you know Buddy Heald has this like emotional uh, public plea with the team that uh, basically makes a trade demand. And yesterday there were reports that Dilma Sabonis was uh, they were trying to move Indiana was trying to move him. Um, so I just you know just reading. That what was happening throughout the league with a lot of these guys, and it just didn't seem like the market was there. I mean, Pascal Siakam, they eventually got a four-year max done there, and then Heald signed to his deal. I think it was 96 over four years, something like that, and then it was kind of like, okay, it wouldn't be a total surprise, I guess, if Jalen signed, but I was still like, this is not how the Celtics have done business, and they typically want to take it as far as they can before they have to make a commitment to a player. So, I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still kind of sorting through my thoughts about it. I, I feel like it's not even like, it's kind of, we're beyond the, the step of asking whether or not this was a good deal. I mean, I, I, I don't know where you stand, but even after, uh, you know, the surprise wears off, I, I feel like it is a pretty good deal for both sides. Certainly a great deal for Jalen Brown. Yeah, no, I think first off, this is uh, Jalen and his agent, uh, Jason Glushon, did very well here. Um, again, it's up to $115 million, uh over four years, which is about $15 million short of the max. If you parse that down, Jay King was first to report uh, about pretty much $107 million when you include 
the likely incentives. So that that's the number that's gonna that matters because that's the number that counts against the cap. So it's essentially um, twenty seven million a year based off of that. Which, if you look at Jalen's production last year and just how things have gone, and like you already talked about, Mike, just the the lack of teams with cap room next summer. Um, you know, getting that locked in right now is is pretty good, and there's very limited downside for him, obviously. Because even if he does break out, there's more incentives for him um, in terms of All-NBA honors and things like that for him to get extra money on top of it. So I thought the Celtics would walk away far ahead. of. I thought they would walk away from the table at four years, 95, four years, 100 million at the most. But it just seems like, I don't know if whether this is a change in philosophy of the organization in terms of how to handle these or, you know, maybe how Jalen handled last year so well, or the fact that they're obviously they weren't going to have cap room anyway next summer. So like, why, why wait? I mean, it's probably a combination of all these things, Mike, but it is, you know, if anything, this looks like a slight overpay right now, but one that you can understand why the Celtics made. Yeah, no, I feel like there's a theme. If there is any theme right now, it's that you don't want to piss off your own player if you don't have to. So we saw that with, I think what Toronto did with Pascal Siakam is the biggest case. I mean, they had an opportunity to have, uh, you know, two max slots next summer. And obviously when they extended Kyle Lowry, that gave him that one year $30 million deal that kind of cut into it. And then that, that allowed them to, to give him the four year max extension. But there were avenues there where it was like, it made sense for them to wait. Um, you know, paying Buddy Heald right now, there was really, it wasn't a clear incentive where why they needed to do that today. Um, so like, if you don't have to piss off your own guys, don't because in a few years, they can hit that third contract. And as we've, we've seen throughout the league, you know, players have uh, understood the control that they have on on their own careers right now, given just you know a, a myriad of different factors, and so keeping Jalen happy, sending a message to your other young players that you take care of your own. The fact that Jalen sacrificed uh, a, a, like a large part of his game and his skill set in his entire career for the Celtics, just because of you know they had they needed him to fit into a specific role. Um, it was a very unique situation for a number the third overall pick to come in to a winning environment like he did. And he's been sacrificing ever since. And to pay him $115 million, uh, I mean, it speaks volumes in a lot of ways. I don't really know like what it feels like to me, like the Celtics were paying for a little bit more than just Jalen Brown, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I, I think that makes complete sense. And when you do, I mean, a couple of things that you hit on. One, the again, Jalen sacrificing. I mean, he didn't really sacrifice as much, um, you know, two years ago, obviously, when he got the opportunity to break out in the postseason and just that entire year um, in the starting lineup. But yeah, there's no question that he was held back last year and had to, you know, bite his tongue a lot while the Kyrie situation unfolded. And on you, you wonder here just from a team perspective of wanting to unlock, you know, I feel like this just eliminates a headache for Brad Stevens this year um, and potentially helps Jalen maximize his own ability from the, you know, he talked a lot about 
not having to stress about, you know, he wasn't worried about whether he was signed or not, but that's clearly going to be a factor uh, or would have been a factor in just how he approached this season because it's just on how Danny Ainge has operated in the past. You never know what's going to happen. He could have been traded, you know, if Brad, which by the way, it it could still happen. happen. And we'll get to that. Don't worry. He's just not going to get traded this season. Now, now he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Right. Um, but now Brad Stevens can be like, hey, okay, I want to bring you off the bench now. I want to put Marcus Smart back in the starting five. And doesn't have to really worry twice again about Jalen being worried about his numbers or, you know, just the... And, he and knows the that the, yeah, he knows that the organization has faith in him, obviously. Like, that's 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 what this money is. is Like, that's what this money represents. It's faith in his ability to... Uh, I would assume like what they see him as is an, a, a perennial all-star at some point. That's, that's, that's the type of money that they've given him. So like, I agree with 100% what you're saying, B Rob. Um, at the same time, like if they were, it, it would be a little odd. I would say, I, I feel, I feel what you're saying 100% and I could see that happening, but it would be a little odd for them to give this deal to Jalen and then be kind of like, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't want to say you're you're implying that Brad would be like kind of yanking him around a little bit, but uh, but I can see him uh, just being like if he's a better fit off the bench. If like, hey, we need a good scorer off the bench, Jalen, and like, yeah, we want you to beat up on second units and play crunch time. Like, go do that. Like, which may or may not be the case, but now there there won't be any. I don't think there's going to be any huffing and puffing about that kind of thing anyway, but now this is guaranteed not to, like, whatever you need, coach, like, I'm there. Yeah. I mean, you're right, though. Like, I I think when it comes down to it, like, there weren't a lot of avenues or any avenues to have cap space next summer. There's not a lot of free agents next summer that are even worth getting. Uh, so his cap hold is, is kind of, it was a moot point. Um, like, I guess what's more important now is just the long-term future here with this team and what it says about Jalen as a building block and what it says about, you know, obviously Jason Tatum is next in line for a max extension. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would assume that that's going to happen unless something catastrophic goes down. Uh, that's going to happen and be offered as soon as it can. Uh, a la Jamal Murray and Ben Simmons. Cause that's Jason Tatum. That's just, what he is um so from that point forward i mean you have these two guys locked up and like (laughs) is that you know is that enough and and i think this gets into the 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 conversation about uh you know having jalen locked up and having that team control if he does explode this year next year all of a sudden that is a very interesting trade ship as well yeah, kind of. I was just thinking about just situations to compare Jalen to in the last couple hours as was writing, um, and maybe kind of think of like you know Victor Oladipo's first contract, like mm-hmm. in Orlando, mm-hmm. and just like and and that type of usage of like obviously the first the the primary goal for the Celtics with Jalen would be, you know, he breaks out here, he becomes part of the championship core here, and that's him, Tatum, and Kemba, and maybe Hayward at a reduced salary or whoever else. That's your, you know, your building blocks. That's the best case scenario moving forward. I can't believe you didn't say Marcus Smart there, by the way. I mean, I should have said, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, he's, but just from a salary perspective. The best of all those players. Right. 
Uh, <laughs> I mean, in terms of bang for the buck now, I mean, we'll get we'll talk about that deal, but that just look gets better by the day. Um, but now you have Jalen where, again, you hope he unlocks his full potential in the next year or two where, like, at least shows, makes the positive steps that people thought they would get more, see more out of him last year. Um, and if not, he's still young enough and you have him under control enough in a year or two if if Danny Ainge decides, okay, you know, Jay, like Jalen's not the third championship piece here. He's not the third part of the puzzle. Um, now at least you have him at a number that you can at least hopefully sell other teams on or pretty much at worst, it's like movable salary. So you have these other picks and younger players that you can kind of work around with to, to make that trade because that's some of the biggest problems the Seas have had in the last few years, Mike, when they're trying to put this together is just the, the lack of movable salary of young guys. And Jalen at least kind of solves that kind of a problem here. Yeah, I think we're we're putting the cart before the horse a little bit here. I think, like, the, the, the question that we should be asking is, do we think Jalen can be the second or third best player in a championship winning team? Like I think that that is that is yeah, a question I mean, that should be asked. Yeah, that's going to be answered, and I think they're putting him in the best possible position to answer that question in the next two years by giving him this deal now. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, I think so. I mean, this year obviously he's only making six point five million. It doesn't kick in until the twenty 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 one season. That's when the four year deal kicks in for Jalen. So I mean. Uh, like if you, if you look at it, like you can, you're not going to run into real luxury tax problems until after, until Tatum's extension kicks in, and that's when things get crazy, because at that point you're going to have to make a decision. Like Hayward, Brown, don't they crack the? Wouldn't they crack the tax next year? Probably, it's going to be close. They're at like 134 million, assuming Hayward opts in. The tax is 141. So you obviously are going to add a few more players there. So you're probably going to be like a low taxpayer next year. But then that's without Tatum's extension. And then you put Tatum's extension to play. And if you still want to keep Hayward around, then things get crazy for, again, two years down the road. A long way away, but again, these are the type of, you know, they're going to hopefully have enough information to decide out of those guys, okay, who who do we want, you know, like you said, who's can be the second or third best player on championship court. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at a lot of film and and continue because I'm I'm writing about Jalen and and this extension right now for SB Nation. So I was just looking at a lot of film and uh, he had a really good postseason. Like he really low did. key, he was like really, really, really good. He showed up in that Bucks. I mean, he had a he had a dud in Game Five, but he was the one of the few guys that showed up pretty close to every game in that series. Yeah, he had multiple dunks on Giannis, which, like, that's pretty meaningful. I'm sure if I was his agent, <laughs> I would I would be playing the YouTube clip in the negotiations on repeat. Um, but no, I mean, it, I don't really know if how related this is to Jalen's extension, but I just... It, and it, it, it didn't pop into my head necessarily right away, but, uh, you know, Gordon and his place on this team it's just really interesting like i just i i find it 
uh, I'm finding a hard to think that he will not be traded either this year or next year, assuming that he opts into his player option, which I don't see why he wouldn't unless he is phenomenal this year yeah. and, an, and an all-star. Right. Um, in which case, obviously, you're not going to trade him. So I don't know. Like, Someone posed this question to me earlier today. Do you think that Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Gordon Hayward can be can function to the best of their abilities at the same time on the same team? I mean, the answer so far is no, but that was in a dysfunctional environment last year. Again, I think that's this year now is it's a this test. is a test. This is a test, and they're set up well. I mean, and even going into two years, assuming that Hayward opts in, and Obviously, a trade could come into play at any point with him, um, but that might be something where they want to see how it looks. But now, again, this year you have you have Tatum unleashed. As for, okay, you're taking the right shots now. You have Hayward feeling healthier, having more confidence. Obviously, based on the preseason, what that actually looks like, we're gonna find out. And now you have Jalen thing again having the full vote of confidence from the team being like we think you're one of our guys here we're gonna overpay you by a little bit um lock you up so you don't have to sweat this out your minutes your touches all that stuff and we're gonna start are you guys we're gonna put marcus march to the bench even though he had a great year last year and you're gonna we're gonna find out if this works or not and that's i mean it's not a championship core it doesn't look like it but they're going to find out if they can eventually develop into that, I guess, with either Hayward in a reduced role at a reduced price tag or just him out of the picture entirely or Jalen out of the picture, again, down the road. But, like, you're not going to have all three of those guys on the team beyond 2021, Mike, I feel like, unless, obviously, they're knocking on the door of a championship. So how good do you think Jalen can be? Like, do you think – so? I forget. Did you go over the incentives and the unlikely incentives specifically? No, you can feel free to. Uh, yeah, basically, if one of I think one of the unlikely incentives is that Jalen needs to make an All NBA team. Is one of them, I believe. Correct. Uh, so, do we think that that is possible? Like, sure. is like Jalen can can Jalen be a top fifteen player? I think. I mean. I'd say the odds are very low at this point, but I wouldn't like rule it out. I was encouraged. I've been encouraged this preseason and I was encouraged by his play in with team USA, despite their, you know, troubles from a standpoint, he banged well with the big guys down low and for team USA, which given the fact that he was mostly guarding guards early in his career, um, just kind of just showed another tool he had. And then this preseason, again, the numbers weren't very pretty, but, like, some of the passing he was making on drives, and who knows if this is will sustain or not, but just the fact that he could start to find those plays, and I feel like because passing and his, obviously his handle is the weakest part of his game right now, if he can add that to his game, then that unlocks the all-NBA possibilities because the, the finishing ability is there, the three-point shooting can be there, but you don't take your game to the next level, I feel like, Mike, unless that you can kind of put all that together to a degree. No, and that kind of, that concerns me a little bit. Like, I'm I'm generally high on Jalen. I'm extremely high on Tatum. Both those guys have question marks about their playmaking ability. 
and mm-hmm. making life easier for teammates, setting up teammates, um, generally making plays, having vision. Uh, I don't, I haven't really seen, I mean, you see it a little bit with, with Tatum. I think his, he reads the floor a lot better than Jalen just naturally. I think he's just a smarter player. Right. But if your two best players and the two cornerstones of what you're trying to do long term aren't great passers, I mean, that's a little worrisome, I, I gotta say. I guess that's, and I guess that's why Kemba Walker is such a big priority for this team. Like, to have a guy who can, you know, even when Kyrie was gone, they could have gone, given the reins to Rozier or, you know, Smart or whatever, but they, they wanted a true point guard scorer slash uh, passer. And, I, and to Kemba's credit, he's been happy to defer early on here and take some of the onus off him. But you're right, in the long run, it is like you're going to have to see some serious strides from both of those guys for this team, for this core, specifically to get to like... And they're young. You know, they're young. And yeah. they've gone through a lot already. And they've, again, like you said, they've they've risen to the occasion in the postseason more often than not um, throughout these first three years, which is... I'm encouraging. Even Jalen, obviously, even back in his like rookie year against the Cavs when they were getting their 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 breath kicked in that series, he was one of the only guys in that series that looked like he belonged. You could hang on the same floor as you know LeBron and Kyrie. So I think that part of it here, I think the Celtics were probably paying for some of that too with this deal. We'll get back to more Celtics reaction in just a minute, but first, football season is in full swing, and you can get in the game now with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. You can sign up today and receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting college or NFL. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser, and you can even bet on some pretty wild prop bets, including who's be the first coach in the NFL to get canned this season, as well as the Dolphins will end up winning a game. Head on over to betonline.ag using promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. That's betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. You know, I'm just looking randomly at Gordon Hayward's basketball reference page and seeing where he was and how productive he was at 22, 23 years old. And it's so funny, like, how much better he got age 24, age 25, and age 26 is when he made the all-star team for the, the first and only time of his career. Um, so I think both of these guys obviously have room to grow and it's really difficult to kind of pinpoint the trajectory uh, with both of them. But they they both have had, you know, they've accomplished a lot earlier in their careers and it's really tough to see exactly what the ceiling is and to place any sort of limitation on what they can be together. Um I think one other thing that I found really interesting, just thinking big picture about the Celtics, is uh, the rookies again, honestly. Because if you're going to be investing uh, long-term with... This goes for any NBA team. If you're going to be investing long-term with uh, even homegrown talent and giving them max or near-max contracts, you have to get production out of your rookie-scale deals. Like, it, Or you just have to... It has to happen. Yeah. Um, that's just how the NBA is right now. And uh, so it's, there is a 
certain less this year than I think next year, but there is a pressure on those guys to be productive in big spots, and it'll be really fun to kind of see how they they play this year. I mean, they've been you know we talked about them in the last episode quite a bit, but. I don't know, like, (laughs) the Celtics kind of need them to, like, you you obviously don't need your rookies to be excellent to win a championship, but you do need them to provide depth during the regular season and be a little bit more reliable than um, uh, maybe uh, they would otherwise be. So uh, I think that just rookie production, rookie scale contract production is an interesting thing to watch over the next couple of years as well. No, it's a great point. Um the C's margin for error just went down so much in terms of how they can building with how last offseason went or just how last season went. When you lose, I mean, you, you got Kemba essentially for, but the cost was Kyrie and Al. Um, and in the past five years, while Danny H has done many things incredibly well, they've, they've missed more than they've hit on their, with their draft picks. And like, yeah, like Terry Rozier is a good pick. Um, but then you have a lot of misses in the late first round, which happens, but when it happens year after year and none of those guys can, are helping you on the floor or helping you via trades, whether it was Yabu or RJ Hunter or James Young, like, you know, even one of those guys hitting would have, could have not changed everything, but, they do change your trajectory for sure. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I wrote this thing about the Pistons for this other column today, and I was that I was working on, and you know, you look at why they're in the position that they're in, and why they may have to trade Blake Griffin instead of you know, you get this guy like Blake Griffin, and you should be on the the rise with some momentum, but instead, like. You know, you draft Stanley Johnson instead of Justice Winslow. You draft Luke Kennard, who I love, but let's be serious, instead <laughs> of Donovan Mitchell. Uh, you know, going back to KCP, which that draft was not great, so whatever, but, like, y- you can't afford to miss. Henry Ellenson is another one. Like, you just can't afford to miss with your first-round pick, like, you can't that miss all badly. Of them. Right. Yeah, exactly. You, you can't need, miss all of them. You need contribution. You need... If nothing else, to be a valuable tra- like trade chip, as you said. I mean, I was at the Nets-Raptors game at Barclays the other night, preseason game, and like Henry Ellenson and Stanley Johnson were both garbage on, on the floor in garbage time. Like, think about that. That's insane. Yeah. Like, they're not even NBA players anymore. Like, so I don't know. But I'm I'm, I'm on a, a tangent right now. But uh, no, it all it all works in here because it's like. If those, when you're talking about team building now, like for the Celtics, again, this was, their hand was pretty forced here anyway with Jalen, I feel like, whether it was now or at the end of the season, just, they obviously, they couldn't lose him for nothing. Like, no no matter what. That's why we had all these conversations about what they should trade Jalen Brown for if they don't pay him. Right. Like, it was, I mean, last year's offseason blew up enough on the Celtics to a point where they, you know, they, they did the best they could with what they had there. But if you go back another 12 months there, you know, Terry Rozier is being traded. They're getting stuff for, you know, 
other supporting pieces on the roster. They're probably you'd be moving Yabu while they could. Like they picked up that option on him just essentially for like trade fodder. So all these pieces now, like Jalen had to was gonna be here. It was just a matter of do you want to make things awkward all year long? Not awkward, but like, you know, potentially tenuous and then risk having to overpay him next summer or do you find the middle ground now and maybe go a little bit more over your comfort level to get there but he's probably your best path forward anyway whether that path is him in Boston long term or just being that trade ship that you need down the line if he's not that second or third guy you talked about yeah do you think that the four i think it was four year 80 million dollar offer that was reported by yahoo earlier this week or i guess last week um danny went on the radio and said that that was a false report uh do you think that they made that offer and and then they went up to 115 with incentives or it's a false report like i don't i bet i bet they came out 480 with incentives on top of that and then it got reported as just 480 um presumably from the Jalen side because just to make them look at it. but I bet I do believe at that point in the process the Celtics had come up far above that number because you don't I mean you don't bridge a gap that big um or maybe you do I don't know <laughs> like I yeah, you're not at least Taylor's but that that seemed not insultingly low, but just like not realistic at the time. No. Um, and then you see what it was really just funny to see Sabonis. Everyone's talking about, <clears throat> hey, the Celtics should trade Jalen for right. Sabonis. <laughs> and yeah, uh, because uh, the Celtics have a thin front court. It's like that's just like I understand it, but I was never I I, I was aggressively anti that trade uh, hypothetical from day one. Probably more so than I should have been. But I mean, the money comes out, and the money is the money, and that's just like you don't trade two way wings with star potential who are 23 years old for bigs with defense, who are defensive liabilities, like regardless of how skilled they are with the ball. Like you just see what, what the money was. I, I obviously like situations dictate that. And every, you know, it's a negotiation between one player and one team, but I just thought that that was pretty funny. Yeah, no, I think I'm with you a hundred percent on that. It was the upside is, was always seen to be higher with Jalen. So, Maybe if the personnel was different on that team, like it was, a, it was a trade worth talking about just from a, a fit standpoint, but an, an allocation of resources standpoint. Um, you know, do you want to pay? It was just really money? smooth. You know right. what I mean? It was. Yeah. yeah. But it, I think, the numbers indicate where our our thinking was on the, the right side of the fence on that front. Um, we do need to check in with Rich, who unfortunately couldn't join us for the emergency pod, but he did. He did check in with a statement. Um, number one Jalen got paid and he is happy about that and number two he is also <laughs> happy <laughs> that the Celtics have another big contract to include in a potential trade which we've kind of touched on already here um, so Rich already trying to move Jalen um, I'm, I'm kidding Rich but it, it is it's a good point by Rich just in terms of where 
the Celtics are at and where they have run into trouble in recent years, whether it was Anthony Davis trade talks, Paul George trade talks back in the day, like a lot of different places where they've had to, you know, be limited in terms of what they can do because there is no young promising player that was probably a little bit overpaid, but you could at least sell as a, an easy chip and an easy way to just, you know, fill in draft picks or cheap assets around to make a, a big splash. And obviously Jalen is more valuable on that rookie scale deal. But I feel like he's definitely still a positive asset. That's just, I, I, I feel like someone might push back on that, but I think he's substantially a positive asset in the trade, even on this contract, given just his trajectory as a player and what he can be in two, three years. I mean, paying an all-star, what's it going to be, like 27 28 $29 million dollars? Um, assuming that he makes an all-star team or is borderline all-star. Shouldn't be that hard in the East, right? Um, that's that's like fair money, given that the cap is probably going to rise. Like, I don't... I think it's still a pretty tradable deal, for sure. Right. And I do think... And he's young enough, too, where you can, again, sell the... The Celtics will be like, if it doesn't work out here for whatever reason next year or two, they can be like, hey... We had too many cooks in the kitchen here. You know, you give him some opportunity at the position on the wing and he can do well enough. I think at worst, you hope he will be no worse than like a neutral asset in the next year or two. And again, the Celtics still have, you know, you still have the Memphis pick. You still have other stuff that you can include, whether it's Jalen or whether you want to move another big piece on this team. Like, you can make that work easier now and Jalen's just... I mean, he, who knows? Like, he, he's 23, or he's going to turn 23 this week. He has shown a lot of, like, two-way potential. And, again, how he handled things last year from just a, a mental standpoint was encouraging. And I was, I've was i been hard on Jalen throughout his career, I feel like, among the three of us. Um, but he was probably one of the few guys that, again, you know, was peaking at the right time last year. And... You know, and in hindsight, Brad Stevens probably should have like tried to go with him even more um, earlier in the year, um, just based on how things went. Yeah, Jalen has had a really interesting career so far. This contract is wonderful for him. Uh, it's really hard not to be happy for him, and I'm still pretty surprised that they I'm came. Sh- to- I'm shocked. <laughs> it's still yeah. It's I'm it's just- it's still. The streak's over. Ten years. I know. I went back and read the article, uh, the the breaking news article about Rajon Rondo's five-year, $55 million (laughs) extension, which just tells you where the league is in terms of liquidity. Like, (laughs) it is just absurd how much money is going around right now. But, um, but yeah, no, like, yeah, shout out to Jalen. It's, I think it's a win-win for both sides at the end of the day. And uh, it brings a little bit more closure and a little bit more stability to a team that, you know, coming off the year that it had, didn't really uh, have any of those things. And um, it's a good step in the right direction. Also, no blockbuster trades this year. 
for this team unless it's they involve Gordon Hayward. And... Well, Gordon for Tristan Thompson and right. Brandon Knight is <laughs> on the horizon. I can feel it. Can't wait to see Tristan in that opener. I didn't see any of in the preseason. Um, all right, we'll put a bow on it there. We're going to be back later this week uh, to to react to the the season opener and. Um, obviously we'll hear from Danny Ainge and Jalen at that point too so we'll be able to react more reaction to this extension but that will do it from here uh, Mike do you have any what, what was the best deal of the day to close us out of these extensions what was the one you liked the most for the team or the player either I love DeJounte Murray <clears throat> and I'm feeling like there's I've heard from some people that you know when I've expressed enthusiasm about it for the Spurs that they went too high Mm. for a player coming off a torn ACL injury Um, I think he got four years 64 million which is just hilarious because I just said that Rondo number five year 55 (laughs) and that was coming off of a um, let's say they won the title in 08 and then in 09 KG had the injury, but Rondo, I think, averaged like a triple-double in the playoffs or something close to it. Um, so that's just really funny. But I, I thought that the DeJounte Murray contract was really good uh, for the Spurs. Uh, I love DeJounte. I feel like he's uh, a budding star, potentially. Um, and so that's probably the one that stood out to me the most. Just I, I was also surprised and a little bit shocked by, by that one, too, though. Yeah, that was uh, again. I didn't uh, just the number of them that came out today was was shocking. Um, what about Torian, you? Torian Prince for two years, thirty million is just like a. It's just I feel like all these deals are being made now for to give Brooklyn salary filler for whatever star they're gonna try to get to pair of Kyrie. What do you? In a year or two. What do you think Karis Levert was thinking when he saw Jalen Brown's extension? I don't know. He's got to fire his agent immediately, though, because <laughs> like, holy crap! Like, when Buddy is getting ninety and Jalen's getting hundred, I know Levert had. He's coming uh, off an injury, injury, and he has an injury. He ha- he's injury. He prone. does have an injury history, so maybe the Brooklyn like. I mean, I can you know Sean Marks when I beat that into the ground in negotiations, but yeah, that that. He, he was going to be an all-star last year before he got hurt. Right. So he's very good and can do a lot of things that none of the guys that got paid today can do already. So And KD is hurt this year, so like you're going to get tons of opportunity this year. Yeah. Or you should on paper. That one is really – that's a tough one to swallow. Um, Torian Prince, though, like uh, I do like Torian Prince, but like the Nets tweeted out uh, like his preseason stats as justification for the dealers. Like I was, yeah. I was. He just might not be good. I, I, don't know. I was confused by that. Um, but yeah, really, it's a wild day. And then we had Zion, which was really crappy That's news. Um, yeah, just a wild day. Also, I will say real quickly before we go, um, no deal for Brandon Ingram who has scored more points in his career than Jalen Brown by a substantial Hmm. margin in a lot fewer games. So, um, you know, Ingram is a different type of player. And, you know, uh, the situation that he's in is the situation he's in. Doesn't make a lot of sense to extend him to 
uh, a big money contract and uh but that i thought that that was just i'm not surprised that he didn't get signed but the fact that everybody else did and he didn't that's got to suck for him number two overall pick from that draft class yeah it's again no no surprise given the the lead uh clot situation he's coming off of but his market will be fascinating to watch uh this summer um all right well that we'll, we'll leave it there more reaction upcoming later this week i'm winning plays when we're back at full strength with rich but in the meantime uh give us a follow at winning plays pod um give michael follow at michael Pina. i'm at brian t rob and as always try to give us we always appreciate ratings or reviews on itunes or wherever you may find us uh, we'll get to you guys next week